Thanks, guys. But let's be realistic. We all know any TV show that's even slightly good gets canceled. Sometimes two or three times. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season six, episode 21, Yo Leela Leela. Ben, it's time for me to ask a question to you, my friend Ben. Okay. What was your favorite TV sh- kids TV show growing up? Okay, so this is weird because I was kind of talking about this with James from Unabashedly Obsessed uh-huh. uh, earlier today, because there was this thing going around Twitter that was like, "What five TV sh- or what five cartoons okay. would you show to somebody to like get them to uh, to know your taste in cartoons?" And he on his list, like my list, was like uh, Steven Universe and sure. and Avatar and BoJack Horseman and like all correct, you know. Sure. Uh, real on brand things for mm-hmm. me. James was like, uh, like Looney Tunes and something sure. else, and but he listed Doug on his list. Okay, sure, yeah, no, I like Doug, and so so Killer Tofu and all that. Here's my thing about Doug. Okay, now to to answer your question specifically, I would probably still say Rocco's Modern Life because very it's good. very good. But Doug, I have I I have feelings on Doug because. <laughs> Doug feelings. When it's uh, Doug, Doug funny. <laughs> Doug funny feelings. Doug Yancey funny. Thank you. What's with television shows having so many Yanceys? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, my feelings on Doug were that at the time I did not really like Doug, but okay. I watched it. I watched it all the time. Whenever it was on, I would watch Doug. Are you talking about the show or the character or both? Uh, the sh- I mean both, but mo- I'm I'm talking about I did not like the show. Okay, and you did not like the titular character. Correct. Okay, so I didn't really like it, but I'd still watch it all the time for some reason. Like it was on, you know, it was on, and so I'd watch it. And more and more as I got older, the more I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The reason I didn't like Doug when I was growing up, but still watched it, was because I was Doug. <sighs> Because the Plot thing twist. is, the thing is, okay. gets lost in his own imagination okay, all sure. the time. Yeah. Just a, you know, really like nice kid who, who wants the best for people. Sure. Who's socially awkward. Okay. Um, and the thing, the thing about Doug is that he was not cool. Okay. And when you're that age, you want to be cool. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he tries to be cool and he wants to be cool, but he fails at being cool. Sure. But he's still a good kid. And I'm like, oh, snap. That was that was totally me. And the, the statement that I made today to James was that Doug was cool because he was a really nice dude who who was just trying his best. And uh, but like middle school kids don't think that's cool. But that's what makes Doug cool. I like this. So now, in retrospect, I'm like, no, actually, Doug was really great. <laughs> I do love that. Like, I got to look back through my, my nostalgia glasses. No, that was real, real good. 
I mean, like, and it's it's totally just in hindsight where I'm like, oh, yeah, Doug was awesome. And <laughs> I feel like I must have known that to at least some degree at the time. Just in your subconscious Because somewhere. I would still watch it. And like, you know, kids don't hate watch things. We adults hate watch things for some reason. Kids don't hate watch things. <laughs> we have so much time. We, we can watch things that we hate and just hate them. Uh, I do. I do. I think we are a little bit uh, apart in our watchings of Doug because you have like legitimate like critique eye on it. And I was just like, this is a thing on my television right now. <laughs> everyone's weird colors this is cool i mean i wasn't exactly writing a thesis on this when i was a kid (laughs) well you have more of a memory of it than i do because all i remember is skeeter making what was it honk honk (laughs) yeah yeah that's all i remember and uh, roger was green and had orange hair Uh uh-huh his hair looks like a sun chip (laughs) uh for our listeners this week's food is sun chips That's my weird take on Doug that I actually can coincidentally had today. It's amazing how these things work together. Because I remember, I do remember seeing that I forgot it by the time we were, I was asking that question because of the episode of television we watched. Uh, Mine would be uh, probably now what, what the, the uh, uh, Kristen and Liz from your fave is problematic call a problematic fave. Bill Cosby's picture pages. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, it was a kids show. Uh, Although I I had them on like VHS tapes and I wore those VHS tapes out. They also had like activities to do with pieces of paper. It was really cool. And now I have a weird part of my own personal history. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Do you have a do you have maybe a a different show you'd like to to say out there for, you know? Well, hold on. Now, hold on. I recognize there's problematic faves, but. I, I did, at the time, I did not know any of it. I was probably three to five. And I was enjoying colors and shapes. That being said, I do like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes. Even though they could never put that stupid uh, silver monkey together. I will say this. Watching them go through the like that area with the guards gave me the most anxiety. Because <laughs> I'm like, I want them to succeed, but they're so terrible. It's terror. I I want to commission a study with all the money that I can afford to commission a okay. study with. So five dollars to the first person who com- who does a study uh, that real money that uh, examines the history of watching Legends of the Hidden Temple with anxiety in adults. How much <laughs> did Legends of the Hidden Temple cause long term anxiety? That we have just spiraled into as adults. Now, I wonder if if you're looking for the correlation here, because I don't know if you can say that that caused it. I mean, it, I'm yes. In any, any study, you look for correlation. <laughs> that suggests causation. It, psychological studies are not like archaeological digs where you dig up a tablet that says, Legends of the Hidden Temple caused anxiety in millions of adults in America, <laughs> comma, Mike. Well, that's very specific at me. <laughs> it's weird that they dug up this weird tablet for a show that was on in, I believe, the early 90s. Yes. But we've talked about television shows enough. Let's talk about a different television show. Doug. So, 
Doug moves Patty to... Patty Mayonnaise, right? Yes. Okay. Doug moves to Bluffington sure. from uh, his hometown of Bluffsburg. Okay. Never, a state's never given. That's fair. Um, There's a lot of bluffs in the state, though. A lot of bluffs. This is the Doug cast. Just about as topical as Back to the Futurama. Anyways, um, so yes, we're talking about season six, episode 21, Yo Leela Leela. Which starts out at Cookieville Minimum Security Orphanarium. Uh, a taxi drills out of the ground and Leela pops out and it drills back under. I have a lot of questions about this drill taxi. Taxis are underground. That's where they live. Um, because, so I see a lot of benefit to this. Because okay. if you can just drill taxis underground, there's no traffic. Sure. Uh, and... That's about it. That's all I got. Good prose list. <laughs> you are confined in a dark tunnel okay. that may collapse in on you at any moment. Not sure if that's a pro or a con, but we'll uh, mark it in the middle. It depends on how much you like that anxiety from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Some of us spend our childhood riding that anxiety high, and we need that to continue on. Now, Why do you think people jump out of airplanes, Mike? Now, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do, do, people, do people call it riding a high of anxiety? <laughs> or is it like exhilaration? Chasing that dragon. Chasing so, that dragon of anxiety. But yeah, I like I like the little th- visual throwaway gag of a taxi just like drills up out of the ground. And then just dives back under. Um, I do want to add a con, though, but like water pipes, you know, they're under there. That would be bad. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe need some work. Maybe need some work. Because you don't want to shut off the water for an orphanarium unless you're the water company because they won't pay. So there's there's not much money at the orphanarium, as we'll soon find out. Right. So Leela comes in to the orphanarium. And uh, it is public domain story time. (laughs) I love that little gag. She is just ready to sit down and read a book to these kids. And we find out that the kids don't have books because the choice was read or eat. So they ate the books. It's true. Uh, Albert says, we don't have books no more. And when Leela's like, what? The warden's like, he means anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that That was was the that was uh the confusion. Oh, now it makes sense. Oh, clearly uh-huh. the sentence is logical now. Um, so Leela has to figure up, uh, scare up a story out of her own brain. It does not go well. The story is basically there's a one-eyed princess in a flowing tank top uh-huh. who wakes up and has to go tell a story. She lives in a one-bedroom castle. Then she goes and she does that thing. And the end. Uh, Albert has a question. That question is, that story was bad. It's not really a question. That wasn't really a story. <laughs> I love that. The sass, it's Albert great. is my hero I know. in that moment. That is such a good comeback. It's so good. It it hurts how good that is. Yeah, I forgot about that line. And so when he delivered that line, uh, I I was busting up laughing just yeah. from that one thing. I mean, I'm going to uh, give, a, give a quick uh, preview to grades. That's going to bump it up to, <laughs> to where it probably shouldn't be. It's that one scene. Uh, so Leela, because Leela, you, you can't keep her down. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I'll tell you what. I'll be back next time with a new story. And they're like, please don't. 
<laughs> just like depleting of the kids is kind of sad. Um, at Planet Express, Leela is trying to write a new story. When everyone makes noise in a very weird and peculiar way. Yeah, it is. I have a list of them if you want. Um, or I mean, you- I have sort of just one big run-on sentence in my notes. Yeah, that's more um, accurate, actually. Well, because Leela's like, I just need to think up three of some kind of animal, which, Good start. you know, she calls them like she sees them. Mm-hmm. And so Fry comes in playing a trombone. Sure. Zoidberg. Uh, wait, I'll, I'll read this this whole run-on sentence. Okay, I, w- I won't interrupt. This is this is art. Fry is playing the trombone and Zoidberg is tap dancing in cans and Hermes is making a 421 daiquiri and Bender is a tugboat and Amy is playing pachinko. The professor also just starts describing his f- foot pain and it's just all noise. I kind of love this scene because it is the most ridiculous string of events. Uh, why is Fry playing a trombone? I love I love when when Leela's like, "Hey, could you why are you playing that?" It's like, "It's the only song I know." It's like, n- I mean, fair. You'd think he could at least learn a little ska on that bad boy. Why else do you play a trombone? <laughs> Was not expecting ska. What else were you expecting? It's a trombone. A diff- uh, Just a song mentioned because he's playing when the Saints go marching in. Uh, but yeah, I love I love that bit because like he's just playing a trombone, and then uh, I also just really love the concept of Hermes. It hits four twenty one, and uh-huh. he's like daiquiri time. Well, I mean, he has hit his four twenty. Uh, situation and now it's 421 and it's a different situation everyone knows 420 is the weed time sure 421 less well-known daiquiri time i can be down for both of those regarding legal legality in your your jurisdiction it's true daiquiris are still illegal in 12 states and that's unfortunate and we need to go to congress and tell them legalize it daiquiris i mean legalized daiquiris (laughs) (laughs) the daiquiri lobby has been held down too long uh yes i (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong it is a rum drink i'd probably (laughs) i'd probably would go try to get it legalized if it was illegal but yeah so all of this is just like leela cannot write even if she had a pen she couldn't write under these conditions (laughs) i love the fact that she's like sitting at a pad of paper and doesn't have a pen Everyone knows the steps to writing. Mm-hmm. Get a pad of paper, then get ideas, then get a pen. Okay. Because by the time you find that pen, those ideas will have been formalized. Right? Okay. You that's... don't want to write down the first thing that comes to your mind. That's going to be a stupid idea. Sure. You want to you workshop it in your own brain while you're getting your pen. Exactly. You know, that's fair. But on the other hand, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like... Like you're you're told to write down everything you can and then refine it instead of just like think about it in your brain for a bunch while you're trying to find a writing implement. So Leela rushes off to some other planet to find a, a quiet space, and Bender is like, "Well, that was rude." <laughs> I do love some of those like transitions where it's just like, "Yes, she was the rude one." Um, so we go back to the orphanarium. Uh, Leela has returned with her new story. All the kids are terrified. Um, she's sure that the kids will like this one better than her last one. Apparently, they liked hunger cramps more than the last one. Which is very sad. 
Yeah. The Orphanarium is just a sad place to go every once in a while for Futurama. Not the saddest place it goes, though. That's fair. That is fair. I don't know what was going on yesterday, but like three people tweeted at us about Jurassic Park just out of the blue. Like, I, I think it's just a change into the season. I, and you gotta. It's spring. I feel like being sad. I'm going to listen to exactly a sad story and also Mike getting roasted. Yes, it's yes. Uh, fair. Uh, it's spring and you're, you, you know, you do spring cleaning and that includes emotion. So when you, you get all that winter okay. sadness uh-huh. out, so you can have those spring sadness. Okay, that makes sense. See, I've been holding on to my winter sadness. Exactly. I just need to you need, purge that out. Absolutely. You need to go watch that episode and listen to our episode and then just have a good cry. And then it's time for your, your spring t- sadness. The spring sadness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Perfect. You do the March Madness to try and rustle it all out. Wait, does winter sadness lead to March Madness? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. 100%. I mean, see, you're you're almost to the... <laughs> you know, you said that in a way that... Are you a scientist? Because only scientists really put it well, that way. Um, where it's so correct. I mean, I... And I, so precise. I am a scientist, but my degree is digging up artifacts related to Legends of the Hidden Temple, so... That also insult me. No, I fair. mean, I minored in in the in that part. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, very interesting school you went to, but you know, you got your degree. That that's all that matters sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. Whew. <laughs> uh, I think I'm probably. I think I thought that was way funnier than any other human being on the planet ever will um you you say that but people listen to this uh so yeah also i noticed when i when i was watching this that i don't know if it's like a different voice actor who's doing warden vogel now or what but i swear this like little tinge of like an irish accent kept kind of creeping in weird i didn't catch that yeah just like a little bit just a couple of words he would say and i was like is is he trying to like do an Irish accent or like trying to specifically avoid an Irish accent and then failing? I don't know really what it was. Yeah, I didn't catch a different voice at all, really. So it's certainly not if if they were making a joke out of like he's trying to act Irish for probably some reason, they would probably make a joke out of that. I mean, I don't think it was intentional. I right. think it's just I mean, we haven't seen Warden Vogel in a while. That's so true. like maybe it's just you know that that voice is a little bit rusty it's that you know, is you certainly possible at, you look at early episodes of futurama and uh bender's the, a little weird yeah. bender's voice is a little off the professor's voice is pretty off yeah um so you know maybe it's just like warden vogel hasn't been on screen in a while so maybe it's just like a little irish accent sort of crept in there that's fair but anyways so um the owner of the uh or CEO or something uh, mm-hmm. from the Tickelodeon Kids Network is testing fall shows on the kids. It's, uh, I, I probably shouldn't say this now, but it's Abner Double Deal. And, Same guy who did Ultimate Robot Fighting. And um, probably others. Also, yeah, wasn't he uh, the owner of the new New York Mets? That sounds right. He owns a lot of things. He owns a lot of things. And uh, so they test 
um, a, a handful of shows on the kids, including Popular Slut Club, which doesn't test well. Uh-huh. Captain Mega Meat and Bottomless Boy, which is basically just one big fast food advertisement. Yep. Similarly, do, similarly, I said similarly as though you're simmering like a burger. Yeah, you simmer that cool. burger. That's what See, you do with See the subliminal burgers. advertisements <laughs> working on me. Uh, what was our what was our food this week? Sun chips. Sun chips because of Roger Klotz's hair. Don't think about burgers. Think S-s-s-sun about sun chips. Think about sun chips. Sun chips, sun chips, sun chips. You remember when sun chips came in those compostable bags for a little bit? And they were the loudest and you, things in you history? you looked at them and then your neighbors called the police because it was so loud? It's funny. I actually, I found a, ba- a bag of sun chips at work in, in one of our snack places and I got it and I'm like, oh, I forgot how loud these things are. <laughs> and this was the fixed version. <laughs> and everybody's like, what you eating? I'm like, I'm just having sun chips. So, uh... They're still loud, is what I'm saying. Uh, and then also, the uh, extreme toddler wrestling does not test particularly well either. I probably watched that. It's probably, you know, human rights violations. But, you know, it seemed like they were kind of into it. W- one, one kid definitely used a, uh, a, a high chair to beat down the other kid. Which was an interesting idea. It... Uh, yeah, it was, I don't have a follow-up for that. No, that's fair. (laughs) In fact, I'm probably, I'm regretting what I said a little bit. After this, uh, uh, show test, Leela comes in and tells her story, which is about, um, uh, beings called humplings from the planet, uh, or from the land of rumbled, rumbledy hump. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun thing to say about 50 million times in this podcast episode. Well, I didn't know how to spell it before I uh, before it actually showed up on screen. Uh-huh. So I looked at that word in my notes. I'm like, rumble. Oh, right. Rumble hump. Got it. The characters from Rumble hump are Lady Buggle the Ladybug, Doing the Silly Spring, Princess Num Num the Cupcake, and Pfeffernoose who is scared of everyone, along with Garbly, who no one can understand. And the kids love it. Like, Leela has a little um, uh, toy piano sort of playing some background music, and she sings a little song about, like, acceptance Mm. and how uh, the space gorilla that apparently showed up in this story is just like us, except that he breathes chlorine. He breathes when he breathes. Uh, the kids ask her to come back to tell more stories and also adopt them all. She agrees to tell them more stories. So the executive, Abner Double Deal, was busy brain scanning them while Leela told the story. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, so uh, how about we make a show out of this? And Leela responds, don't I need a degree to write gibberish for toddlers? <laughs> Which I want to, that's one of those jokes where I kind of want to be in that writer's room for like, you know, like, are, is that, is that a joke you're saying? It's like, we're better than writing gibberish for kids. Or is that like, nah, we've done our time writing gibberish for kids. We had to get a degree for that garbage. That's what I think it was. I really think it was the writers kind of clowning on themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just the, the occasional Futurama jokes are just that level of tv production meta where i'm like i want to be in the room where that happened uh-huh and uh watch the joke as it cre- was created exactly no that's fair i i like that a lot 
Um, she takes it so to show the kids that they can do anything as long as they luck out enough. <laughs> Such a great sentence. That's, that is, sadly, the moral of life. <laughs> you can accomplish uh-huh. anything if you luck out. If enough. you luck out enough. Like if Leela, if Abner Doubledeal wasn't there when he, uh, she was telling her story, never would have happened. None of this episode would have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Except exactly. for the telling of the kids to the story. Exactly. My brother, my brother and me is this majorly popular thing because they lucked out. And meanwhile, we're as popular as a uh, popular slut club. We don't test well. We don't. But you know what? There are some dedicated listeners out there that love us. They start a TV show shoot, uh, which has the Planet Express crew all dressed mm-hmm. up in costumes that look exactly like these characters Leela has invented. Mm-hmm. has invented clearly absolutely no uh-huh. other way possible yep. how this could have obviously happened. it came from her own brain and so the um uh they they are getting ready to film and leela's not there yet but she shows up last minute from this mysterious place she goes mm-hmm. to go write her scripts abner double deal has been ranting to his grandmother on the phone about how <laughs> leela's not there i do like how he's like it's not it shouldn't be this hard to make a tv show for under fifty dollars <laughs> That being said, think about the profit you can make off of that. I mean, if it's successful. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Just the the untold amounts of money. So what you're saying is Mm -hmm. we need to film a TV show. Yes. And then sell it for a lot of money. Absolutely. That's crucial to the plan. Back to the Futurama, the TV show. I mean, if the McElroys can do it, why can't we? Uh, because of that luck thing I was oh, just right. talking about. <laughs> I forgot about luck. So, Leela flies in last minute. And Could you imagine what a TV show we'd make would look like? <laughs> we All we do is riff off of an already established <laughs> pop culture thing. That's all. Ooh, what we should do is... Uh, you know how, like, uh, a- after The Walking Dead, there's The Talking Dead? Mm-hmm. We could be a show a- on After Futurama where we talk about Futurama and basically just put the podcast up there. Okay. It's a genius idea. We could sell this into syndication for Comedy Central. They just play it maybe even as an alternate audio track. Comedy Central, please at us. <laughs> um, at Back to Futurama. I have thought it would be fun to do like a commentary thing where like we have a the actual episode running mm-hmm. and then we record like in real time and then you could do that over uh, the episode. I don't promise anything, but we should do that for like a Patreon bonus yeah, why or not? something. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be neat. It would, uh, it would be different than this because we would be restricted to 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> checks time all right (laughs) they film a tv show where uh it's uh fry is in this spring costume and he's like i like ice cream and i like lollipops when i like something i lick it and then he licks the the princess cupcake lady num num i believe and um I like how I said the character's name about a minute ago, and now I don't remember them in the slightest. It's irrelevant. She's a giant cupcake. And so they then sing a song about how if something is alive, don't lick it. I would argue that if it consents to be licked, 
be a fun Saturday night. So I agree with that, but consent is important. So uh, they sing a song about how you know you shouldn't lick it if it's alive, um, and you should just poke it with a stick and lick that instead. And then somebody ends it by saying, "I like turtles," which is a great little meme reference about the <laughs> "I like turtles" kid. Um, which I don't remember if that was like current at the time, but they definitely just stuck that meme just right just in there. Put it right in there. And then uh, they say, "We'd love." Well, we're about out of time, so we're we're gonna do everything we just did two more times, <laughs> which is hilarious. I feel like every parent of a young child <laughs> saw that line and just like gave like a uh that gif of uh uh shia labeouf clapping oh yeah yeah like that's got to be them because mm-hmm. that's that's exactly children's television it really is and i say that as someone who's not forced to watch it because i don't have children someday i'm hoping to be able to be forced to watch children's programming Amy says that uh, the show, it was really great. And because it's uh, kids are going to love it. And because it's so low quality, ironic hipster parents are also going to, and then does air quotes, love it. And then Leela says in a line, I very much. This is very good. So good. She says, we all know that any TV show that's even slightly good gets canceled sometimes two or three times. Yes, so good. Such a great joke. I love that very much. It is it's, it gives me life. It's so <laughs> good. <laughs> like, oh man. Uh but then at that point, uh Abner Doubleday just walks in and he's like, We just got the ratings from the future and uh the show's a hit tomorrow. Even bigger than SpongeBot Square Bolts. I kinda love the joke. Because he produces a doll of uh-huh. of Spongebot. I mean, it's and all I, about that merchandising. Uh-huh. And I just... See, I honestly think this ha- this episode has a lot of good goofs. That being said, that's early grades. We get a whole montage of the show basically gaining popularity. You start seeing merchandise pop up. Um, Live shows? Uh-huh. Leela uh, gets to, to put her uh, handprints and eye print on a uh, walk of fame somewhere. Um, Leela fills an orphanarium's library with branded books and gets all the kids' toys. Because, as we've established, Futurama loves a montage. Mm -hmm. So... It becomes clearer and clearer every week. Like, honestly, uh you don't need to do a montage every week, do you? Apparently we do. Clearly they did. (laughs) Nature abhors a vacuum. Futurama loves a montage. Those are the two... Natural Laws of the Universe. <laughs> the show, uh, which is just called Rumbledy Hump, the show gets nominated for a Young People's Choice Award. Also known as a Slurmy. Uh-huh. And I do like the blimp that's like, tomorrow, Old People's Choice Award, a.k.a. the Oscars. <laughs> I do love that joke. It's very good. I vote we start. Ju- we just start calling... The Oscars Old People Choice Awards. I I am in on this. I would love to sign your change.org petition. Cool. Uh, so the uh, Calculon says that up next uh, is going to be the award for outstanding sext message. It's very good. I want to see that. At, now, I, I, I do <laughs> not want to see that at the Young People's Choice Awards. 
I do want to see that at the Adult People's Choice Awards. Is that different than the Old Person Choice Awards? Very different. I want to know what constitutes an award-winning sext. Because I don't feel like we talk about this in society. I don't know if we should talk about it on this podcast specifically, but yeah. no. No, no, no. Not on this podcast. But I'm just saying I would like to know uh, what an award-winning sext you looks like you got to bring something more interesting than a peach or an eggplant. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go back to the drawing board. Get me a better quality sext. Uh-huh. So um but yeah, I mean that's a thing. <laughs> that's something we can we can discuss in uh Back to the Futurama After Dark mm-hmm. where it gets a little blue and you must be 18 or older to enter. Uh-huh. Uh but for now I'm just going to leave that uh that hanging out there to to think about like what what would be an award-winning sext so anyways tweeted us at back to futurama with your award-winning sext (laughs) uh maybe (laughs) not that um i mean okay at back to futurama with how you would grade the quality of a sext Ooh, there we go grading rubrics yes that's what honestly that's what we wanted to know anyway we don't want to know about sex. Trust us. We know about sex. But what we want to know is how to judge the quality of what a, such a sex. So the awards for the, the best children's television show uh, are Yo Gimme Gimme. Sure. The Adventures of Pitbull and Scaredy Squirrel. The image is literally the Pitbull have, has already killed the Scaredy Squirrel. So I think the squirrel was pretty legit to be Scaredy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dora the Destroyer. I have some Dora the the Explorer discussion I'd like to have if you're up for it. Okay. There is a new movie. And they've turned Dora into like 17 years old, but also like Laura, Laura Croft. She like pulls a knife out. Like not, <laughs> no jokes. Is this, is this like a college humor? Like It is a Nick... Nickelodeon branded trailer <laughs> where they turned her into Lara Croft and it again it is live action this is a real thing that I saw I saw the trailer too and was like okay I would watch that but why I like it literally you know uh, uh Michael Pena from uh, I you've not seen Ant-Man probably no um Oh, I don't know what anything else is in, but he's very funny. And he literally part uh, like a good 20 seconds of the, the trailer is him making mouth sounds to indicate what a rave sounds like in the Dora and the, the city of gold uh, trailer. I, none of this is a joke. Okay. So I would, I would say that you were joking, except the chat room is now uh, confirming that it is a very real thing. It is a very real thing, and I'm uncomfortable with how much I want to go see it. I didn't. I mean, I make a lot of jokes about a lot of dark and gritty reboots. I didn't know Dora the Explorer uh, Explorer was in need of a dark and gritty reboot. I don't think it was. Is the problem? We already have. We got the new Laura Croft movie. We got the new Tomb Raider movie. Why did we need this? Why do we need gritty, gritty Dora? Literally, Dora the Destroyer is not that far off from what we're about to get. So what I'm hearing is Futurama slam dunked it. 
They, Absolutely they, slam called, dunk. Called shot. Called shot into the left left bleachers. It's amazing. Also, I'm gonna see that movie day one, and I'm not sad about it. Also nominated is Rumble Rumbley Hump. Oh right, right. I forgot we were talking about Futurama for a moment. Leela wins the Slurmy, uh, to uh, for for her TV show. Mm-hmm. She kind of disparages the rest of the shows. Oh yeah, no, she dumps on it. Uh, yeah. she dumps on all the rest of them, and then she gets dumped on with Slurm straight from a worm's behind. Yeah, it's uh, it just in case you forgot where it comes from. Here you go. Also, apparently that's just an open secret now. Oh, like. Yeah. Like nobody, there's literally just a worm hanging up above the stage, just slurming people. No, nobody cares anymore that it comes out of worms, Heine. The the uh, head of the alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and soda uh, soft drink division yeah. was ready to shut it down on Fry's word alone, or the professor's word alone. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just like. No, we're all cool with it. Yep. Just going to... What yeah. What a difference 12 years can make. It's true. You get get acceptance of these things, and you move forward as a society. So yeah, the slurmy goes to Leela. Leela gets slurmed. At the after party, uh, Bender is hitting on a, a lady bot who is... Uh, she plays a teenager mm-hmm. who is also a rock star and also a massage chair except then she corrects him she's like no i play those roles but i'm i play the teenager who turns into a rock star but Mm -hmm. i am a massage chair it's like hannah montana but massage chairs and then bender is into this and he's like uh you ever made out with a tugboat and then his little tugboat uh uh whistle goes off i do love that they brought that back i do love the idea that he's reclassified as a tugboat everybody is getting really annoyed with leela because she is just ego central she is just like i won and i did it myself and i'm amazing and i'm great and it's an honor for you to work with me the genius and so they're they're all just getting uh kind of annoyed and then Leela decides, you know what? I can't handle all this negative negative energy. I'm going to my creative place. Right. And not to uh, to mention, uh, Abner Doubledeal also tells her that there's no script for tomorrow's episode. So she takes a ship and leaves everybody to take the bus home because they're non-creatives. And Fry discusses his creativity in the fact that he bedazzles his own underwear. It uh, That's a creative endeavor if I've ever heard of one. I've never heard anything more creative than that. So Leela flies out to an unnamed planet and she sits down and, and she's writing a script on this weird like keyboard that has a little projector on it, which it's is from her like wrist thing, right? Or no, no, it's a, it's a standalone like okay. keyboard. Okay. Um, but, um, also I just want to say that'd be really cool. It would be very cool. You wouldn't need a laptop anymore. You just need this weird thing. And so, uh, Leela's typing up a script and then uh, Bender comes out of the ship because he has hooked up with this ladybot on the ship. I don't know where else you'd want to hook up with a ladybot. I mean, you know, when you're classified as a tugboat, you need somewhere really classy to to do the nasty. And now, that's a sext if I ever heard one. <laughs> Without a grading rubric, <laughs> I can't tell you how good it was. <laughs> That being said, I do think the classiest place I can think of is certainly somewhere in the Planet Express ship. A a ship that Bender has dated. (laughs) 
Yes, I, I was about to bring that up too. There's a lot of questions now that we've remembered that piece of information. Hey, baby, you want to go back to my ex? Not my ex's place, my ex. Inside of my ex. And then we're going to do it. Because she's a ship. She's a spaceship. That is not an award-winning sex. No. I don't care what rubric you've got. That's not an award-winning sex. So, There's a uh, lot of discussion about sex. Hey, future, was, Futurama one, started it. One sentence. <laughs> a throwaway joke if I've ever heard one. Uh, so Leela is typing up her script and she's watching a bunch of these weird aliens. Uh, and it's just, it's literally the aliens that she writes about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the ladybug and the cupcake and the spring. And like, they're all there. Yeah. And they're real. They're very real. And she's just writing down what they do. They're like talking about how great vegetables are. And and uh, Leela's just writing it all down. And that's when Bender walks over and catches her in the act. Uh, she curses. And this leads the, the I don't remember what they're, the, hump, the humperies the, or? Humplings. Humplings. Okay, that's a little better than humpers. Um, yeah, so, so she curses and then the humplings all start singing songs about words they shouldn't use. The 98 words we don't say. Mm-hmm. Which I should point out, it cuts to a commercial break and then it comes back and they're literally just singing the 98 words they don't say. So they say every single one of those words uh-huh. every time somebody says one of those words. I will say, though, they're not technically saying them. They're singing them. Fair point. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. I do. I am. They also insinuate that gay is a bad word. I mean, I think that um, if it's used as an insult, it's a bad word. But I don't. Right. Like, oh, that's so gay. Like, no, absolutely. I totally get that. It just feels weird to because it was included to rhyme with the word specifically to rhyme with the word. It's like there's no there's no bad words that rhyme with say. That you can put on television. Uh, what are, but you could put them in a sext. Okay. <laughs> um, or you could just say, okay, that's the 97 words we can't say. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, those are the 98 words we don't... Speak? I was going to go with, like, tuck. Speak? <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense, but I'm trying to rhyme with well, a certain word. Let's say they don't say spank. You could make a near rhyme with speak. Very, very not near. I don't know about that. <laughs> I know it's a stretch, but I think it's still a better line than what was delivered. Anyways, Bender sees all this going on, and he actually really loves the hypocrisy. Yeah, he he's like, I underestimated you. He says, it's like catching an evangelist in a whorehouse. That was the best Christmas ever, which I'd like to point out. He says Christmas and not Xmas. I rewound it to double check <laughs> because I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did he just say Christmas and not Xmas? And we were like, that's a continuity error. We know how to comp- continue a cogent thought. And then we got Futurama canceled for that continuity error. Done and done. <laughs> this is the plot twist. We were... <laughs> We were the evil Futurama haters the entire time. <laughs> Every time Futurama got canceled, it was because of us. Cut to credits, written by M. Night Shyamalan. He did it again with the good twists. So Some not great twists, but this one was a good one. 
Anyways, Bender plans to get rich by blackmailing Leela. Mm-hmm. He wants a big cut of all of the profits from this show. And he gets it, basically, because Leela's not in it for the money. She was trying to, to uh, not let the orphans down. Back at Planet Express, they are filming the exact same vegetable scene mm-hmm. that Leela was writing about. Uh, and Bender is there, and he's wearing a big old fur coat and a bunch of uh, gold chains. And like he is just living the high life uh the orphans were invited uh and uh because they're leela's inspiration of course and bender uses one to basically light a cigar yep so and is stepping on albert the entire time where albert's like is somebody standing on me it's like yes actually that is accurate sally it's, shows it's weird that it's weird that albert knows what it's like when somebody stands on him that's i'm weird. sure he's it's used sad. to it it's sad though sally shows leela a picture <laughs> that's march sadness Sally shows Leela a picture uh, of a story she made up, um, and Leela's like, oh, that's so creative. How did you come up with that? Sally's just like, I just made it up because, like, creativity and whatever, uh-huh. and you inspired me to be creative. I really like Leela's not like, well, how did you come up with that? It's like, how did you come up with that? Oh, yeah, out no, of she's, your brain? she's panicked because, like, how, other people how do creativity. other people have creativity? How does creativity do not know? So Leela, this causes Leela to uh, sort of break because she's like, um, uh, she she feels just really guilty about leading everyone on. She decides to come clean and she takes everybody on a trip out to Rumbledy Hump and uh, shows everyone these aliens and, and reveals that she's just been writing down their adventures and profiting off of it. And the uh, ladybug is like, uh, I'm as sad as an upside down smile. You mean a frown? We didn't have a word for it until now. It's so adorably sad. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, everybody's now sad, including all the orphans, because Leela let them down. Although, Abner Doubledeals knows how to remedy this ethical lapse. He adopts all the orphans, and they tape with the actual humplings as a reality show. So he can pay them with pennies. Yep. Although it seems to improve their lives because now they've got running water and electricity and a medical plan that helps uh, uh, the scaredy cat one cover his uh, generic Prozac. And also Garbly can actually get his speech therapy that he very needs. Yeah, so it actually seems to work out for them. And everyone's like, oh, thank you, Leela. This wouldn't have been possible without you. Uh, Leela's like, no, I should be punished. No, what What about all the orphans that are still sad? No, they're actually really happy because, as one of them puts it, now we've got a daddy and a full-time job, and that's more than most kids have. I mean, it's true. She's not wrong about that. It's not a, mis- it's not a wrong statement. She's maybe wrong about the sentiment, but she's, yeah. fact- she's technically correct, the best kind of correct. Um, so Leela's still like, somebody needs to be- teach me a lesson. And then the orphans and the humplings gather around him or start saying, we love Leela, we love Leela, as she screams no. And then credits. And that means it's time for grades. This episode was sort of just a lot of fluff. Like, it was such low stakes and... and mm-hmm. Not really, like, tons of interest for me story-wise. Sure. And I don't know if it's just me coming off of Newtopia from last week, (laughs) where I was just like, 
Uh, table flip, table flip. This is garbage. Table flip. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, like, I don't think every episode of Futurama needs to be, like, super deep. Um, but, uh, so, you know, it's, it was weird to just sort of have this super fluff episode. Um, and I feel like but the, my thought throughout this episode was, like, this feels like an episode that any other show would be like, oh, this kind of jumped the shark because it's a Leela makes a kid's show for some reason. Like, it's so weird. But then I think about other Futurama episodes. I'm like, it's actually not that weird. For yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's sort of all over the place. Okay. And um, but I think that uh, there's a lot of really clever jokes in it. And uh, I overall enjoy the episode. Um, like I said, it's not the deepest, but sure. I don't think it needs to be. So I will give it a B minus. Fair enough. I, I'm on the same page with you. I, I enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. Um, I think all the jokes or most of the jokes really land. And I think it's because of the orphans. I think they're all very good in this episode, um, especially Albert. Albert's always the best. Albert is my hero. Uh, exactly. The only thing I have a i don't know if it's a problem but it's just if to me it feels odd because it it feels like we never got into like i feel like in a different like in a different season where we ended the episode would have been the end of act two yeah i mean i think you're right about that but that's part of why i call it fluff that's true it doesn't feel like there's really like it doesn't have the uh straight three three act like you can say like the act three is leela coming to it but like it feels like everything's been building to literally the end where all the orphans are now workers effectively and there's you know the humplings are being exploited well not really exploited they're being paid but very little but it helps i mean that's exploitation exploitation that's That's exploitation so yeah so it feels like that should be the main conflict of the episode and but but you you can see where leela's main internal conflict is the conflict for the episode and i don't think it really like i feel like it ends that conflict on conflict and it's like well what are we doing here right oh yeah there's no resolution to leela's plot whatsoever so it's like uh it's like at 300 Big Boys where Bender's like, my story just kind of petered out with no real resolution. Except then Earl and Smitty don't come in. Yeah, exactly. He, ne- he It's just a lampshade never on nothing. gets that closure. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it 100% feels like that to me. But it's weird because Bender was not the focus of 300 Big Boys. Uh, three, right, 300 Big Boys. Leela is the focus of this episode. Right. It's named after her. It's Yo Leela Leela. It's twice. She's in there twice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it just feels like it just kind of I think I think I'm I'm actually agreeing with Leela that she's not even she doesn't learn a lesson at all really <laughs> and I kind of want it to. That being said, I think it's a funny episode. It just kind of ends in a really like sure. almost unfinished way, I think. That being said, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um I think I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Uh well, we want to know what you think about this episode and about the slurm slurmies kids choice awards and uh grading rubrics for sects apparently and the new dora and the lost gold city i think it is i think there's some words the in there. dora and the lost city of gold perfect that is, one that's yeah. the tra- we want to talk about that trailer i want to talk about that trailer quite a lot actually i'm confused um or what about sun chips 
Our food of the week. Uh, or, you know, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple and how that caused you anxiety into your adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to know about all of those things. And I mean, the dreams aren't great, but you know. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so find us there, review us, rate us, and subscribe, and let's... <laughs> Let's go all have some killer tofu together. Aw, uh, yeah. And, and don't forget, we're on Patreon. This was our live monthly episode. Uh, super fan Laura was in the chat uh, again, just hanging out with us while I sent pictures of cats. And she sent news articles about Dora the Explorer and that new movie. <laughs> um, we, we got real-time validation, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do want to give a shout-out to Amity Armstrong, who upped her uh, Patreon pledge this week. So <laughs> thank <laughs> you, Amity. Yes, thank you. Um, and uh, if you would like to partake in, in this joy, that is giving money to us. <laughs> I mean, um, you got a good pitch. You just got to follow down the rest of the path. You can do that at patreon.com slash back to futurama and uh thank you if you do uh thank you if you don't thank you if you come to these in the the end of these episodes we we love you also for those of you that listen on spotify we think we have a fix it it got fixed yeah there was an issue where it didn't post to spotify Uh but it we're hoping it continues to be fixed and doesn't break again uh and i think that's it until next time other than stay tuned for an important announcement about march ocean madness exactly i think we've done too much and so on that note uh i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow That's a wrap on the first round of March Ocean Madness 2019. Let's take a look at the biggest results. Looking forward to this one, Mike. A surprise result, given some of the grassroots support, as the Hyper Chicken defeats the Grand Midwife. A disappointing result for Superfan Laura, I'm sure. Don't worry, Mike. She's not going anywhere. You just don't have to talk to her. We have a few shutouts this round, with Kiff Croker blanking Alcazar and the Robot Devil taking all the votes against Joey Mousepad. I'm not too surprised about Kiff, but I am surprised Joey couldn't muster a single vote. We had a couple of very tight matchups, including one that swung back and forth and wasn't decided until the last minute. That one was Slurms beating Flexo with only a single vote in the decision. Whimmy wham wham wazzle, Mike. There were also narrow victories for Kubert Farnsworth over Sal and Dwight Conrad over Linda, leaving the awesome Express crew delivering in the second round. From downtown, Mike. Now that we've taken a, a quick look back at the previous round, let's look forward to the second round's matchups. Of course, we start with overall number one seed Scruffy, who is taking on Hattie McDougal after they both took their first round matchups handily. Looking forward to that matchup, Mike. Also of interest is a conflict of interest. Kiff Croker taking on Richard Nixon's head. Can Kiff really beat the head of the government? That's going to be a tough one to overthrow, Mike. A matchup I expect to be very interesting is Calculon versus Tinny Tim. Calculon has a star power, but Tinny Tim is crafty and adorable. Who will win? 
It's the Battle of the Robots, Mike. Remember to vote for your winner for each matchup given, and join us next week for the Round 2 Recap and Sweet Ocean 16 Preview for March Ocean Madness 2019. Don't forget that you can find all of this information, including the most up-to-date bracket, the current leaderboard, and a link to vote in Round 2 at NeptunianMillhouse.com. That's Millhouse with one L, NeptunianMillhouse.com. Don't forget to vote before next Tuesday, April 2nd. Remember, ride the walrus.